Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from Northeast Pennsylvania, it's the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast with Nick Hart, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Today's guest, Penguins defenseman Ty Smith, the touring cast of Wicked, plus all new Pens picks, semantics, and the questions from the previous episode's guests. So let's get to it. Without further ado, put those hands together and give it up for Britney Spears' TED Talk presenter, Nick Hart! Boy, howdy! Greetings! Hello! Welcome, everybody! Thank you! Thank you very much, and welcome to this episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is our final episode of the 2022-23 season. Uh, Wilkes-Barre-Scranton has eight games left on their schedule here this year, so we're going to let the club completely focus themselves on their games that remain here on this schedule, but we did want to sneak in one more episode here at the conclusion of March, and on this episode of the Penguins podcast, joining me is going to be Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins defenseman Ty Smith. Yes. Ty Smith, newcomer to the organization uh, this past summer when he was traded to the Penguins. I think everybody was very surprised whenever he ended up here in Wilkes-Barre Scranton at the start of the year, but uh, he has wowed us more than a handful of times on the ice and Furthermore, it's been really great talking to Ty Smith off the ice throughout different parts of this season, just simply chatting hockey uh, with number 42 for the black and gold. And now you good listeners out there will have a chance to, I guess, uh, eavesdrop in on another one of our conversations here. Also, later on, I hope you like music. I hope you like musicals. I hope you like grand spectacles because later on in the show, we're going to have the cast of Wicked. Yep, their cast that's on tour going cité to cité across the USA. Alphaba, Galinda, uh, Fierro, all the crew, they're all here. They're all backstage right now, but they're going to perform for us later, but we're going to leave them waiting in the wings for the start of this episode. I don't see any reason for us to keep you listeners waiting any longer. You've waited long enough. So why don't we jump right in with our first guest who is sitting right here with me right now. It is Ty Smith, Penguins defenseman. Ty, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us here on the Penguins podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. As I talked about before, this is our last episode of the season. So we wanted to end with a bang, end with an exclamation point. And as the regular season is winding down here, we got the, the Old Forge Pizza Night coming up here on, on Saturday. Have you had a chance to partake in any Old Forge Pizza, um, the delicacy out here at NEPA since you got down here back in the fall? No, I haven't. Uh, maybe, maybe I have to after uh, we're going to be wearing the jersey this weekend. Well, that's what I think most of the guys have run into because I think most of the players were either asking what I don't get what this is, I don't understand, or, oh, yeah, I heard about this, but I haven't had it. And I know, like, Brian Coe, our VP of operations, has been doing some uh, one-bite challenges, some taste tests with some of the players. And so far, it's getting rave reviews. I've actually been wow. kind of surprised how how guys have taken to it because you especially have guys with from different regions. Everyone has different pizza tastes and preferences it's been getting rave reviews all right we'll have to give it a shot at some point 
<laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to uh, give it a shot here at some point. But considering you haven't had the old Forge experience, I figured we'd open things up here on the podcast just by talking basic pizza. As I already said, hey, people have their preferences here. People very specific, sometimes very picky with their pizza preferences. What is your go-to pizza topping, Ty Smith? Um, I'm What's not, your number one draft pick? I think I'm pretty basic. I like uh, just plain pepperoni. Um, just, super boring, but I like the thin crust. You're a thin crust guy. You're not a deep crust guy. No, thin crust. No. Thin crust pepperoni is probably my go-to if I'm going to pizza. Thin and pep. Yeah. Thin and pep. You know oh, what? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a simple pie, though. Just, no. just one topping, Solid. good cheese, like you said, thin crust. You do it right, you can have a time. Furthermore, with the thin crust, you can have like five or six slices and oh, not yeah. need a nap immediately afterwards. Exactly, exactly. With some, some deeper dishes, you are sentenced to <laughs> two hours on the couch asleep or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was actually something I did with some of your teammates for our game program, the issue of Breakaway that's going to be running on Old Forge Pizza Night, that I figured, you know what? Why don't we get a, a third party in on this, a little this or that? I'm going to throw some pizza toppings at you, and you have to pick one. Kay. The other one you leave behind. I don't care if you think they're both gross. You have to choose one. Okay. I don't care if you think they're both great. you got to leave one behind. Just a simple either or. You already said you love just a pepperoni pizza, but what if you're facing a choice between sausage or bacon? Where bacon. are you going? You're going bacon. Easy. That was super easy. You the were sausage quick. usually has a little bit of spice, and I'm not a huge spice guy. You're not a spicy guy. No. Oh, I'm all about the spice. But so the, you're a sausage guy, probably. Ah, uh, between the two, I'm probably going sausage. Okay. But but it's that's a tight race. Okay. That's a tight race. How about onions or green peppers? Onions. Onions. I, I like onions. I am so pro onion. Yeah. On almost anything. Yeah, I'll throw onions in anything, man. Yeah, that's I good. love it. Green peppers. Yeah, they're 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 fine on a pizza, but if you're making onions. me choose, for sure onions. Yeah, I agree. Mushrooms or olives? This is where things get a little bit testy for some people. It's kind of weird for me because I love olives in general. Like I always put them on my salads really? and, and things like that, subs. But I think on a pizza, mushrooms kind of just go better with the pizza. Like if I had my my plain pep thin crust with somebody threw some mushrooms on, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You would not be against it no, at all. No, that would be a solid pizza. You are like, sign me up for, yeah. for pepperoni and mushroom. Yeah, 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 Olives is the one thing that I will not do. Like, okay. I have, like, a hard line. Like, if I go out with a group of friends or something like that, and we're getting a pizza, and there's always the discussion, what are we getting on it, what kind of pizza, I always say my one veto is olives. Anything but olives? Anything else. You guys can choose whatever you want. I don't care how wacky the combination is. I don't care if it's basic, if it's unique. Just keep the olives away <laughs> from it. I will do anything else, but that is my one like red card that, okay. I'll, that I'll put up as an official. I'll be like, uh-uh, no olives. All anything right. else is on the table. But you, you're like me. You're going mushrooms on that yeah. one. Um, what, if, uh, what if we went a little bit more gourmet, a little more non-traditional? Like a buffalo chicken pizza or a barbecue chicken pizza? Barbecue. I think the buffalo a little too spicy for me. Oh, Bar that's right. You did say you were a, you were a spicy <laughs> Barbecue guy. chicken, though, that's right up there at the plain pep. That's Just a barbecue chicken pizza. Yeah, those are solid. Thin crust, too. Got to keep it thin. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep it thin. Oh, yeah. Uh, once again, a little non-traditional here, but what about a little bit of pesto sauce drizzled on top or maybe a tomato and basil? Tomato, basil, I tomato, think. Tomato, basil. Me. Yeah. Keep it light. Yeah, I think so. You? Yeah. That's one where I am very divided. I can't decide. 
You have to, though, you said. Uh, I know, I do, I do. I recognize <laughs> this. I recognize this. I've put myself in the hole that I've forced others into. I've pigeonholed myself. I'll go with the, the tomato basil as well, okay. tomato and basil, because I feel like pesto, you need you need something else to go with it, too, whereas it just a couple slices of tomato and some basil, you're, you're fine there. That's yeah. all you need. How about this? The big controversial subjects, pineapple or anchovies? Pineapple, easy. I like pineapple pizza. I I am pro pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I think it's a great topping. How do you feel about anchovies though? Could go without them. Could go without That's them. Have you ever have you ever had anchovies on pizza before? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like that is one of the go-to insult toppings or something like that. Like if you're watching, I don't know, a kids TV show or something. What's the grossest thing we could put on this pizza? Anchovies, anchovies or something yeah. like that. Okay. However. I think it gets a bad rap. I yeah. think there is a time and a place to throw a salty, stinky fish on your pizza. It's not the worst thing ever. No, know. it's not. But, but I'm just heavy pineapple guy. I'm. I think it's a nice, sweet touch. Make no mistake, I'm on your team on this one. Yes, pineapple okay. wins in this battle, this head-to-head between pineapple and anchovies. I just think anchovies have. They need better PR. They need better PR, <laughs> better marketing because they have been insulted for far too long in the in the eras of pizza. Yeah, I can get behind that. You can get behind that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I was just thinking about this as we were talking here too. I don't know if I'm I'm making you hungry in this in this pizza discussion here. But as I, as I sit across from you, uh, what, when did you get back on solid foods? Because I know for a while with the injury, the puck to the face, that you were on the the all shake all soup diet with Chef Steve there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm thankful for Steve because he was uh, <laughs> shout he, out Chef Steve. He's pretty dialed in, um, hooking me up with those soups and purees of stuff <laughs> smoothies but um i think i was about two and a half weeks of of uh the liquid diet which like as soon as i started solid foods again it was like unbelievable just the most simple meal and i was like oh that looks so good the simplest meal what was <laughs> what was the first like solid food meal you got to enjoy i had to keep it still like soft soft okay so soft, like, solid i had that uh the first thing i had was i think like the annie's craft dinner the white cheddar shells one those little ones you buy in a box oh you know? yeah, yeah yeah like mac and cheese yeah 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 that's what i had that was my first one how was it it's so good <laughs> the best oh. mac and cheese of your life yeah it was unbelievable <laughs> do you throw anything special in it or do you just go straight out of the box here's the straight out of the box i throw, love throw it. the white cheddar on sprinkle a little salt on top is unreal sprinkle a little salt yeah a little salt bay yeah. on, the, on the mac and cheese oh yeah any like fancy salt? Like, are we doing the pink Himalayan? Like, you got to grind it up. That's what I have at home. So, yeah. is it actually? <laughs> That's what I used. Yeah, pink Himalayan sea salt <laughs> and Annie's mac and cheese. Oh, so good. So good. And how yeah. long ago was that? that or was like probably, the the transition from the purees to the it, soft solids? It was probably like I was on the liquids for two and a half weeks, probably close to three, and then, um, so it's probably been about three weeks I've been on solids again. I can eat pretty much everything now, so it's and, good. And life is good now. Oh, it's yeah. way better. Including pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Uh, yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question. Just how has the whole recovery process been for this injury? Because I can still see it plain as day in my memory from where I broadcast from at PPL Center. You getting struck by that puck and the gruesome scene that was left behind. I know you're trying to just get off and get medical attention, but it was... Pretty wild watching it play out in real time. How's everything gone since that moment? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of knew something was wrong. wrong the oh, yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> More than just my teeth. So uh, my whole face hurt. Couldn't sleep for a few days. So oh. 
Um, I just kind of assumed, and then once I found out, they had to do like a bit of a procedure. Well, when it happened, I lost a tooth, so they had to put that back in. Um, they cleaned it and put it back in because it thankfully it was like kind of in perfect shape. I oh, guess. okay. So they just shoved it back in the hole. That, I guess that's kind of lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I went to the oral surgeon and just numbed up my whole mouth and face, and then they there was like a couple teeth that were either loose or like way out of place, like pushed back and. They straightened all those. They had to like re-break the one to straighten it, so that was a pretty tough one. And then uh, oh. once they did that, they basically just gave me braces on my top row of teeth, and um, pretty painful for probably about a week, week or two, probably kind of while I wasn't eating. And then um, it slowly got better, and now it's feeling, it's feeling good. You said you couldn't even sleep. Yeah, it was that, tough. The first oh. probably three or four nights, I'd maybe like an hour. I'd try everything. I'd lay like be like elevated then i'd try like sleeping on the floor and like i just couldn't sleep just anything you could would it yeah. be one of the things where you know you'd nod off and kind of like wake up again and you couldn't like get still sleep or you just straight up could hardly even close I your eyes I couldn't, couldn't even settle no i couldn't even settle yeah oh. i didn't even sleep fall asleep at all that's brutal so, yeah that's terrible it was did, tough did you get like some work done or chores around the house when you can't sleep or <laughs> do you just like stare at the ceiling i just like Shut everything off and lay there for probably like an hour or two trying to sleep. And once I realized it wasn't happening, I'd like just turn on TV or something to try like distract just myself. Just wind down. Yeah. Anything. Oh. Yeah, it was tough. That's that's brutal. And that's you know everybody knows if you get injured, you get hurt. Like there's going to be some pain involved. But I think sometimes fans don't realize when when the game ends or they're not back for the next game. Like there's a lot that's happening in between. And in mm-hmm. your case. Say you can't even sleep, you can't eat solid foods, you go through all of that. I don't know if karma is necessarily the right word to use, but I heard that prior to that game where you got hit by the puck in Allentown, that there was somebody else got hit by a, a stick or a puck or something. It was it was uh, in warm-ups or something like that. It was might have been like Devo got clipped yeah. or something. Brian and threw a puck at Devo. Brian, our yeah. assistant equipment manager. And it was an accident, but like hit Devo or something. And you said like he already looks tough. Like I need to look like a hockey player or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I said he he doesn't need to look tougher. He could have thrown it at my face as a joke. And then same game I got hit in the face. So. It was the same game? Yeah, same oh, I game. thought it was like a week or something no, before. same game. Oh, my same goodness. Same game a couple periods later, so. That was a tough one. That is the hockey gods yeah. intervening, if I've ever heard it before. Yeah, for that, sure. That is wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is tough. Well, if the goal, I guess, or the, the end result is that you look tough, you pulled it off. I know you had to come back with the face shield. You were all uh, tore up from that one, but you've uh, since recovered. Mm. And looks is sort of the... Uh, the theme, if you will, of one of the recurring segments that we have here on the podcast. Ty, what I always do is I have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. They do not know who they are asking it to. That is part of the rules, but they are allowed to ask about anything that they want. And they went a little bit... Vanity is the way to put it, but uh, your looks are going to come into play here if you're ready for me to pop the question. Yeah, sure. Who is the guy? Uh, if you're interested to know who asked you this question, I would direct you to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast archives. Uh, all the old episodes located on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. All right. So, this is a would-you-rather question. These are very popular and for good reason. Ty Smith, would you rather 
for the rest of your life, grow out hair that goes to the top of your belt. Okay. So top of your pants or shave it all off. You got to go straight Messier cue ball for the rest of your life. Shave it. You are quick with this answer. Easily. May I ask why? What is your reasoning? The hair would get in the way. It would kind of start to look really ratty. And uh, it would just get so annoying, I think. And if you shave it, like, I mean, then I guess I look like my dad, bald, so. Your dad's a ball guy? Yeah. Yeah. So so you probably like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I'm probably I've probably seen this there anyway. So genetics <laughs> genetics are gonna come into play at Don't some point. Don't get me wrong, I love my hair, but um Yeah, because you're a guy who sports some decent flow. Yeah. You have to grow it out significantly to get to our rule of top of the belt, but that's just a little far for me. What's the longest you've ever had your hair? I don't know. Maybe like my shoulders. Maybe shoulders. Yeah, never really nothing nothing crazy. Nothing wild, nothing no, wacky. No, I never did no. anything crazy. But like you're that. going straight shaved. Yeah, easily. I think that's the smart call. Right? Like, yes. When when this person presented the question uh to me to ask to our, our next guest, he was like, you, you never know, like somebody some guys are just obsessed with their hair. And not even necessarily guys who like to grow it long. They just don't like the idea of not having hair. They want to have a full head of hair. They're terrified of receding hairlines, thinning hair. They need it. They've got to have the hair. So they'll take the long hair versus the shave. I think the shave's the way to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You said it would get ratty. It would cost, or not even cost, but time and money to maintain. I think about later in life when you're a little bit older, a little bit more grizzled, and that hair's been that long the whole time, <laughs> that's not going to be a good look. Furthermore, if your hairline does go back, now you've got the skullet yeah. all the way down to your belt. Yeah. there's no, You might be okay for a couple years. Maybe, I, maybe I'll even give somebody two decades where they might be able to pull off that look. Eventually, gonna the piper's going to come to collect, and yeah. it's not going to be good. I agree. Plus... Uh, I was discussing this with our previous question, our previous guest, our previous uh, question asker. There's probably things you wouldn't be allowed to do. Are you going to be allowed to go on roller coasters with hair that long? Probably not. You probably need some sort of like, I mean, you'd probably come up with a system to keep it in check <laughs> and not from flying all over the place. But like any time it's windy outside, your hair is going to be blowing all over the place. Oh, it would be crazy. Not only getting in your face, but whipping other people. <laughs> roller coasters would be dangerous. Like, it it just be way too much of a hassle when you can just go vroom, yeah. straight cue ball. I agree. And you're set. I mean, I know you were quick with the answer, oh, too. Yeah. No doubt about it. No. No doubt about it. So you are going with straight shaved, not going with the long hair. It's uh, no frills. Yeah. No extraneous uh, stress that goes into maintaining that at all. I mean, I would love to hear from the guy that says they'd want the hair down to their belt line. I want to find them, too. Yeah. But uh, once again, our previous guests insisted that okay. it might not be 50-50, the responses, but you're going to run into somebody somewhere down the line wow. that is desperate to maintain the hair. Okay. You're not one of them. No. And I also asked this question to a couple other people throughout the day, and everybody went shaved head. Right. Yes, that's how it goes here. It's got it. Ty Smith with us here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Remember, we have the cast of Wicked that is going to perform for us later. Um, I always love talking to, to players who are so passionate about the game. And everybody who gets this far in hockey loves hockey. There's you know, really no argument to that. You only get here because you love the game and you want to work so hard at it. But then you still can circle some guys who 
just live, die, breathe for the game. You have some Rain Man-like skills when it comes to uh, recounting players and stats and even like contract details and things like that. But where does this, you know, just pure love and, and drive for hockey come from for you? Is this something that you've always been like since you were four? Was there just one day where you woke up and you were just like, no, this is something I'm going to do for the rest of my life and follow it on my phone every day, watch every game, anything like that? I mean, yeah, I think ever since my dad put me on the ice, um, I mean, I was never one of the kids that, like, cried about it or complained about sore feet or being How old cold. were you when he first put you out there? Sorry to interrupt. I think I was two. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're talking really young. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, ever since then, I I just loved it, and uh, that never really went away, and obviously I'm thankful, like, I had my dad there to kind of help me set goals and realize um, what's possible um, within the game and uh, what I can do in hockey from a really young age. So I kind of had that um, mentality growing up that it was um, I wanted to play in the NHL the whole time. So and kind of helped me on what teams I want to make along the way and um, kind of stops along the way that uh, I set out for myself, I guess, uh, with his help from when I was like a young kid. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, like we said. Hey, playing is great. You got to have a passion for it. You got to be driven for it. But I'm talking watching games too, knowing all those details, that minutia, uh, those parlor tricks that uh, that I've seen you pull off in the locker room before. You and I, we did an interview way back. I think probably in in late October, or early November, or something like that, where I kind of asked you know, hey, what what guys did you watch when you were a kid? And you instead of rattle naming one guy that, oh, yeah, I really modeled my game after this player. I really like watching this guy. You went like, oh, here's four, five, six defensemen that I really enjoyed watching. And they were all sort of a, a little bit different. They all had a little bit of a different twist to them. Who was your team growing up? You were in Alberta, so were you an Edmonton guy, Calgary guy? Edmonton, yeah, that was two hours from home for me. So I had some friends with season tickets, and I'd get to squeak out to some games. My crazy game I was at, I was at the, the game where the Dallas Star guy had the open net. And he, Patrick Stefan, yeah, where he wipes bounce, out on the empty bounce net. over his stick, falls down, and, and I think it was Hemsky scored at the other end. Yes, and, uh, you were I, at that game. I was at that game, and um, I was at the end where he missed the net and then watched it kind of go down. My brother was there, too. He's sleeping. He was sleeping. He was sleeping? Yeah, because it was late in the game, obviously late night. He was a really young kid. I was so going to say, I hope younger he, brother. He was furious younger than me, so he, <laughs> he was sleeping, and then obviously he woke up when, uh, when the building erupted, so that was pretty cool. How old would you have been for that? I don't know. I was young. Yeah. Ballpark. Don't yeah. know. Like, I'm sure we could go back and research yeah, it. Yeah, whatever year it was, I was that old. So, <laughs> I'm 2000, so whatever so, year it happened. Yeah, so whatever year it happened. But yeah, that is uh, young. That is an iconic YouTube highlight. Like every hockey fan, whenever you get past like the 101 level, knows that play. Yeah, not exactly. because Not because it's shown on playoff highlight reels. It's not on the normal hype packages, but it's one of those like if you know, you know highlights of – this guy could have walked the puck into the net mm-hmm. and just, if you want to talk about the hockey gods intervening again, the puck rolls, he scrambles, wipes out. There were eight seconds left in the game or something like that yeah. too. Oilers just tic-tac-toe, snap it around and score to tie the game. Iconic comeback moment, iconic flub moment for hockey. Like It, it kind of checks all the boxes yeah. um, in terms of excitement. You were there. You were yeah. present. I know Jordy Bellarive, former Penguin, had uh, he was at the Golden Goal game oh, at the cool. uh, yeah Vancouver Olympics where where Sid scored the mm-hmm. OT goal. He was there for that one. 
I think I like being present for the Patrick Stefan missed open net more <laughs> in terms of an anecdote. Uh, that yeah, rules. Cool. But going back to that interview I mentioned before, for people who may have missed that intermission chat that we had back in October, November, who were some of those uh, defensemen that you were always eyeing up when you were when you were a young Ty Smith? Um, I mean, like when I was really young, Niedermeyer was was one that comes to mind. Then kind of. When guys like Duncan Keith and, and Drew Doughty started coming around, Eric Carlson, um, those guys were really entertaining for me, and I could obviously learn a lot and have fun watching them. Um, and then uh, throughout junior hockey, my billet parents billeted uh, Jared Spurgeon, so Minnesota is on every night. And he's oh, obviously okay. an undersized guy and uh, out in Spokane, so um, he's an undersized guy that defends probably as good as anybody in the NHL, so watching him defend was kind of something I could also learn from and um, I mean my dad taught me to like I'd sit down with him and watch the games and he'd kind of point stuff out that those defensemen were doing so I kind of learned um, I guess how to watch games and not to just follow the puck the whole time yeah you know so try to kind of teach myself as I'm going so I was I was fortunate he kind of taught me how to do that when I was young watching tape when you were young (laughs) I guess so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's and it's once again paid off skills tremendous hockey ability through the roof it's been a uh, really exciting watching you play here with Wilkes-Barre Scranton when you have been healthy or up in Pittsburgh we're always watching the uh, the NHL affiliates games we were just talking about this with uh our previous episode's guest I'll spill the beans it was Sheldon Brookbank we actually had oh, the okay, assistant okay. coach on yeah and just how differently you watch the games now at this level versus when you're a fan of the NHL team because the guys who get called up, the guys who might be playing in the bottom six, are getting uh, a little bit less deployment on the blue line than they than you know a Chris Letang or an Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby. You're always just watching those guys. You're waiting for those guys to hop over the board. So when you were up with Pittsburgh, we were uh, keeping a close eye on Ty Smith. That's for sure. So the abilities through the roof, but your IQ has been shining as well. It kind of manifests itself in a unique way perhaps because a couple weeks ago I heard the tale of your general managing abilities <laughs> virtually perhaps but you and Lucas Vakovsky have a a dynasty going in in NHL 23 or whatever don't you yeah oh yeah Lucas loves that so um <laughs> obviously it's it's fun hanging out with him that's that's kind of our thing to do on an off day is get up kind of get out for the first little bit of the day and then uh, sit, normally park it on the couch and uh, pl- play some NHL. We have a franchise mode going. So, uh, Oh, you don't just have a franchise <laughs> mode going. You are what? You guys are two decades into the future at this point? What year are you guys on? Uh, the max it goes is 25 years, and we actually just finished it. Like you just wrapped? Yeah. They cut you off? Yeah, 25 years in, they cut us off. So 25 <laughs> years of where did you stick the franchise? Uh, Louisville. Lu- Louisville. What was yeah. the team name? The Louisville Lions. Louisville Lions. <laughs> How many cups? Uh, I think we had like 15 or 16 <laughs> maybe. We're a dynasty. Oh, yeah. Making Bill Belichick blush. Yeah. 15, 16 championships in 25 years. And for, for people listening out there, like, well, I play video games. I do franchise mode. Like, I know what this is all about. Like, you and Lucas had like a whole system worked out right <laughs> like in terms of who does what like delegated responsibilities yeah yeah he's pretty he's pretty tight with it too if i start doing something that's supposed to be his job he'll take the controller he'll be like no 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 it's, it's, like, it's mine yeah. yeah oh yeah so, so what were the the delineation of, of duties 
Uh, like I'm in charge of signing all the players in the off season. Um, he's kind of in charge for like if we're if we're searching for like uh, a specific type of player, he player searches. Um, I usually make the trades. He worries about like all the staff, like coaches and scouts. Mm. Uh, um, and then the draft we kind of do together. Draft is is done together. Oh yeah, because that's the fun part. That is the fun part. Because you, you simulate all the games. There's when yeah. you're doing a franchise mode. You don't want to sit down and play 82 games or something yeah, like that. Exactly. No, you don't want to do that. It's all about the draft. It's all about the scouting, all about the team building, constructing the organization yeah. from the bottom up or from the top to the bottom, whatever your your strategy is. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have, like, I don't know about bullet points, but, like, um, identity markers of what the Louisville Lions would be like, how you wanted to build that team before you started your dynastic run? <laughs> No, I mean we'd always we always try to get a couple franchise players and build around those guys. Build around those guys. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a franchise guy in the draft, we sell the farm for the first overall pick. Sell the farm. So you guys would, <laughs> would trade assets to get number one overall. Oh yeah. Even if you're coming off of a cup? Oh yeah. Really? Yep. Just keep rebuilding the pipeline over and over again. Yeah. yeah. That's the beauty of the, the video games though, because those GMs that hold that first overall pick are like, sure. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Every time. Yeah. They don't value uh first overall picks perhaps the way they do in real life. Yeah, exactly. But that's um the, the, the GM savviness exists in, in Ty Smith. Just <laughs> ask the, the computers. Because you guys are also doing this. You're not doing this on beginner mode. No. You yeah. guys want a challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hardest mode. It's built yeah. to be to be a challenge. Yeah, it's fun. And the Louisville Lions thrived. What are you guys gonna do now that you're done with that twenty five seasons? Do you start over or do you guys find something new? Uh well he's he's already on the next one. He's <laughs> he's already moved on. Oh yeah. He said like so he, I don't know how he does it. He found this roster that somebody created where they have all the prospects, like the college kids and stuff that normally aren't on the on the real roster. Wait, so it, like, was it like an update or? Well, I'm so confused. like, so like, instead of the normal updates that NHL 23 has, like, there's somebody who went on and customized, like, built all these players and get made them. Oh, like, okay. Like, made their potential what he thinks their potential is in real life, and he added all these guys in, like, like the college kids, like Luke Hughes, Fantilli, like guys right, like so, that. Right. Yeah. That so they're in. not in NHL 23 no. right now. Name, image, likeness. You can't just. Throw right. him in the game. So this guy went on and like went on made build a player Luke, okay. and made all these guys. And there's like he added like hundred new players to the game that weren't on. So and now Lucas he downloaded that roster it. and we started a new team. Started a new team. What's the new franchise? Uh, we just started with we started with uh, Buffalo. We're so only, you 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 took over an existing NHL team. Yeah, and we're gonna try just tear it down and build it back up. Tear it down, build it back <laughs> yeah. up. What? So are you guys gonna try and beat? 15 cups in 25 years i guess you have to right yeah i guess so yeah we're gonna try to see, see what we can do lucas is all about the stats he wants like the leading scorer every year uh -huh. which like we have but uh he wants to set the record like one year i think we had a guy get like 150 like mcdavid's doing now we had him and somebody get a crazy number as a fake guy that the game just the generated. auto generates after a yeah, certain point it was, like a six foot five power forward and he scored like 80 goals one year and had 150 points. <laughs> Goal literally per like, game player. Literally like McDavid in real life. <laughs> yeah. Except a bigger and stronger, basically made in a video game. Yeah, exactly. So 
He's trying to find that the next that guy. That's his goal. The next that guy. Yeah. Scouting, <laughs> scouring the virtual <laughs> landscape yeah. to make sure the, in this case, the the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah. I don't even want to say return to glory. This would be the first glory for the Sabers. They've come close to that cup, but have never lifted it. Yeah. The Ty Smith Lucas Vakovsky co GM <laughs> combination brings the cup to Buffalo. Oh yeah. I like that. That's that's really accepting a challenge. You can set the game on hard mode to begin with, but then bring in a, a storied franchise, its first Stanley Cup. When did they start? 1970? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll say that because Pittsburgh was 67. Buffalo was 70 or 71. Okay. You're just like, sure, whatever. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. They know that. Yeah. I, I think it was. I could be dead wrong. You know what? We have the technology. Yeah. We have the technology. Buffalo, Sabres. 1970. I was right. Yeah. You're all over I, it. I, sec- I second-guessed myself. You never <laughs> do that. You always go with your gut instinct, yeah. um, as as any GM would do. you got to go with the gut instinct there. <laughs> Something else through through talking with you, just chatting in the locker room a little bit, found out that you, like uh, many of us here in the office, you're all on the, the Marvel, the MCU train. You love going to the movies, seeing all the big flicks, which allows me to transition into yet another recurring segment that we have here on the podcast. Ty, this is a game that we call Semantics. Okay. Semantics, 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 you be the judge. Okay, so, Smitty, what happens here is I take a word or a phrase that I think the, the definition is a little bit too ambiguous or we throw around this word a little bit too much and its meaning has gotten dialed back or too uh, amorphous, confusing over the years, just not pinned down. Okay. I want a hard and fast definition to these words. And as a guy who, who likes to sit in the movie theater, just like me, get your, get your bag of popcorn and enjoy a great flick, oh, yeah. I feel like you'd be a great guy to let us know what is a blockbuster. What parameters need to be met? What makes a movie a blockbuster? I mean, I think it's got to be like a crazy hit. Like, I, I feel like that's like that word gets used like with almost all the new movies that come out. But yeah, like any movie that comes out, it it's a blockbuster. Like, it has to be like jaw-dropping almost. So, so you are saying in this case that a movie is determined a blockbuster based on performance. Yeah. It's not a blockbuster before it comes out. It's only a blockbuster I after we see how people yeah. how it performs. Yeah. So is there a marker, a, a dollar amount that needs to be met at the box office to become a blockbuster? Or is it like percentage of money spent? Like if your budget was $30 million, you need to make... 50 million or something like that. you need to double your budget and then you're a blockbuster or uh, this these are the questions i yeah, ask yeah, yeah. yeah i don't know i feel like some of these movies like they get they make a lot of money because like it's like the next in line you know like the marvel movies oh of course like, no they print what, money they print money you know like no matter yeah. what they're gonna make a ton of money i think it actually has to be like a legit like a movie that like people rave about you know so more about like the quality of the movie, less about like oh, oh, how much money it makes, I think. So the reception, mm-hmm. audience critical reception yes. factors into whether or not it is a 
blockbuster, so a bona fide blockbuster. Hey, that's probably not the actual definition of it, but well, that's, that's what the, I, I don't think it has an actual definition. I looked this up earlier today. If we type in blockbuster, we're going to the Google machine again okay. here. Okay. Oh, nope. I don't want the old video store. Sorry. <laughs> RIP blockbuster. Pour one out. Um, blockbuster. Official definition. A thing of great power or size. In particular, a movie, book, or other product that is a great commercial success. So it's not That's really what I mean. Like it's, kind it's of broad. Too, so I could say anything's a blockbuster then. Yeah. 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 That was a blockbuster game. Oh, it was a really good game or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, so was this good game. That was a great game. And these, that March Madness for the basketball tournament, we've seen some crazy finishes, half court shots, yeah. controversial calls. Were every single one of those games blockbusters? Were the early upsets blockbusters? Like, what is a yeah. blockbuster? So we go back to movies because that's uh, an easy way to just kind of keep it in one arena, keep it in one yeah. realm. You say reception after the movie comes out determines. Are you a big Rotten Tomatoes guy? Do you like to look at the scores before you go? No. No, oh, I, I, I like am, to go in blind. I, I do too. I changed my, my habits on this very recently. Okay. I don't want to see any reviews. Before. No trailers if, either. If I know I'm going to watch the movie, I should say. If I've already made the decision, right. I'm going to go see this movie. I don't want to see one review, whether it's by a critic or by yeah. someone on Twitter. I don't want to see any reviews, and you get one trailer. Okay. You get one trailer, one trailer? Okay. tops. Okay. Yeah, I like to try to go no trailer, go on completely blind. Completely blind. If I know I'm seeing the movie, like you yeah. said. It's particularly, as we bring them up again, the Marvel movies, you get like five trailers. Yeah, exactly. And then I go, and I'm like, I I've seen the movie at this point. Yeah, exactly. Thor, Love, and Thunder was my tipping point, where it was like, there's too <laughs> many trailers, and now I sit through this two-and-a-half-hour movie, and I've already seen an hour of the two-and-a-half-hour movie just piecing it together. Yeah. I'm done with trailers, but you get one, yeah. and I'm done with reviews. Now, I will say, if it's a movie I wasn't going to go see, and I start to hear a groundswell of like, oh, this movie's really good, all oh, this movie's really good, oh my goodness, this movie got sixty or 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, then now I might go check it out, right. but if I've already decided I want to see this movie, or I am going, I'm a lock, I will see it, Yeah. don't want to see a single review, I don't want my opinion to be skewed at all, and you are in that same camp. For sure, yeah. So 100%. with that in mind, as we go back to reception to the movie after the fact, is there a line you have to cross on Rotten Tomatoes to be a blockbuster? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's so tough. You get to set the rules. That's <laughs> the thing. The power is in your hands on semantics. Yeah, I guess. Like, I guess like Rotten Tomatoes is kind of, I don't know. Sometimes I like a movie and like. And Rotten Tomatoes disagrees. Yeah. For sure. But it should. But if it is a blockbuster, I guess it should have to be like pretty much everyone like it has to be pretty much unanimous that it's a good movie you that know? it's a good movie a really good movie so yeah. what so once again what's that line i'm gonna i'm gonna hold you to this i don't know man I feel does like it gotta be 90 or over like 90 or over probably on rotten tomatoes and then like yeah i feel like if you talk to like all your buddies like there sh should be almost no one that says that it's not a good movie maybe like one out of every 10 guys can be like, oh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, but exactly. everybody else is on the same page. Right, yeah, yeah. That this movie just ruled. That's what I think, yeah. Now, does the size of the release matter? Could you be like a small indie movie, and if everyone loves it, you're like, that's a blockbuster now? I mean, if it gets or do you out have there, to, like, I feel like it kind of has to be a big movie, though. It has to have spent a certain amount of money, come from a giant studio, 
had somewhat of a of a hype behind it. That's tough because I like the underdog story though. Everybody like loves everyone, an underdog, right? yeah. You know, so like maybe not. Maybe it could be a small movie. I feel like as long as it ha- gets enough views, though, you still need the views. People still need to see it. Yeah, like it can't just be like a small sample size and they get good percentage on Rotten Tomatoes and like a few of your buddies have seen it and they like it. It has yep. to be like well known, well watched. I feel like it, if even if it doesn't have the hype train behind it at first, it as word gets that. out. It gains the hype, gains hype after release. So all of these rules come after release. You don't care what happens before. No. That does not affect your blockbuster definition. No. But once it's out, people start to catch on. People start to see what's going on. More people see it. And like we said, that over 90% that most of your buddies are all in agreement, this movie rules. As long as you get there, we don't care if you spent $5 making it or $500 million making it. Yeah. Agreed. That makes you a blockbuster. That's what I think, yeah. That's what you think. Those are what the do you rules. Got? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I, I, I ask I the question like and an I answer. get the answers. Okay. No, I just like to lead and steer people okay. down different paths, different mental exercises Sweet. Uh, to see what they determine. But you have now made the rules. Okay. So now myself and all of our listeners, that's what a blockbuster is. There we go. Anything that happens prior to release has no effect on it's a blockbuster or not. Right. We know the next Marvel movie that comes out it's going to have a bunch of hype, five yep. different trailers, a bunch of people are going to go see it, and they spent a boatload making it. But it's not until after yep. that we find out that it's a, a true blue blockbuster. Yep. It all comes afterwards. Reception, <laughs> critics and audience alike, everyone agrees it rules, and everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people go to see it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people patronize this movie. Yeah, That's how you become a blockbuster yeah. in the eyes of Ty Smith. There we go. And now in the eyes of everybody else as well. For sure. That's how we do semantics, there man. That's how we do it. The last time <laughs> we're going to play semantics this entire season, I'm glad we were able to get out the hammer, nail that down, especially with it becoming the summer and plenty of uh, movies coming out that many studios hope become blockbusters um, in their own right. And this uh, this season for Wilkes-Barre Scranton has had plenty of blockbuster games, wild comebacks, grand highlights. And in particular, you, in your case, Ty Smith, we've seen you pull off some some fun stuff with the puck, dancing at the blue line, being creative, those opportunities you got in Pittsburgh as well. But this has been also a wild season, unpredictable season for you as well. Uh, We don't need to necessarily wind the clock back all the way to training camp. But I'll ask you here, now that we're nearing the end of the regular season, maybe a couple extra chapters to be written on this story. But as you kind of look back on what this year has been, what's maybe the biggest takeaway that you can take from this 2022-23 season or what do you think will be the biggest uh, lesson you learned from this year I mean I as think we bring it down and make it serious now <laughs> I mean I think it's it's something that I've kind of kind of always thought is you need to keep working on your game um I mean I think that's as true as ever this year just continue to work at things um I think you can never never work on your game enough so um working on that and working on my body to continue to kind of build that armor I guess to mm to stay healthy, be stronger kind of thing. So um, obviously those couple injuries here over the last little bit. Yeah, stink uh, Yeah, and then I think, yeah, just keep working on my game, um, come back better next year kind of thing. Never stop working. Yeah. That's what always, uh, always the best players always say. They're yeah. never they're never done getting better, or at least that's their goal. Right. So that's it. That's uh, good uh, good wisdom there from a young young Ty Smith you you played uh what New Jersey when you were 18 years old so you kind of have to do that or I have to do that mental computing that like oh yeah this guy's not uh 
a grizzled veteran that's been around for 10 years. You're still, what, 22, 23 years old? Just turned 23, yeah. Just turned 23. So there it is. Like, still a young guy and still a long, promising career ahead of you. I'm sure. Got to thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Penguins podcast. But before I let you loose, Smitty, before I take you off the leash, we got to do one last thing here on the podcast. Fans already know what's coming, but it's now time for Penn's Picks. Ty, it's at this time in every single one of these episodes where I will ask my guest for a recommendation that they can give the fans. Something you want to give a shout out to. Something that you believe deserves a little bit of extra recognition. Once again, the category is potpourri. You can pick anything in the world as your pen's pick. So I will ask you, the stage is set, spotlight's on you, microphone in front of your face. What is your pen's pick? Hey, I'm gonna need a second here, probably. Perfect. Most guys. This Do is where I trip most people up. <laughs> it's hard because, like, it's just anything in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So it's like kind of like a feel-good thing, almost. Yeah, go for it. I love feel-good. <laughs> it's probably been used before, but I think opening a present. That has not been used before. No. No, absolutely okay. not. Opening a present or like just the the feeling, the sensation yeah, like, and you of don't getting know a what gift. It is. Or even like if I order a bunch of clothes and they just come in boxes and I'm like ripping open the box and I don't know what the item is that's going to be in the box because I ordered so many things. This is it's this like, is so pure. Kind of like so a thrill, innocent. You know? I love this. Yes, it's, it's absolutely. It's like a thrill of like finding out like what's in there. You know. No, you're not talking about even the act of receiving a gift or even what is inside the box. You are talking about that sensation of like kind of like ripping it open. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, what's yeah, it yeah. gonna be? Like me, like today. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. As we are discussing this <laughs> on the podcast, you got a package here that you, right. you brought with us into the studio and you don't know where it's from, what's inside. No. You, this is a true mystery. Yeah, so I get to do that today. I don't know <laughs> if you were doing some late night shopping on Amazon after your face surgery or something and you're about to get a surprise from yourself, but no clue what it's gonna be, but we have a mystery package. <laughs> this is incredible. But yeah. that's your pen's pick. Just yeah. the, the feeling of opening a gift. Yeah. Or a box. Even if you got it for yourself, just like ripping that open, finding out what's inside kind of thing. I, I can actually, you know what? I can vibe with this because very recently I bought some shirts online. Okay. I don't like to do online clothes shopping. I'm I'm old school. I like to go to the store. Go to the store. Try it on. Try it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this works. You're like, oh, no, this doesn't work. And people will say, well, you can do that online and just send it right back. I don't want to go through that whole rigmarole. Oh, I hate I'm, sending stuff back. But I got one shirt earlier this year. Yeah, plus you plug up the delivery stores. They're just packages stacked of returns that they need to get to. Don't do that. Be a good person. But yeah. yeah, try to limit the returns as much as you can. However, I got this shirt earlier this season. I liked it. I got it on a whim, and I was like, you know what? This is a good shirt. So I went back to the same like people who made the shirt, and I was like, I'll pick out a couple other designs or colors forgot that I did it and then the package package came I knew what it was when I saw the box but still that feeling of opening it it was like oh yeah this color really pops now that I have it here in person (laughs) or whatever I was so excited for shirts there you go so one you have the the pure innocence like we said of that sensation of just opening a gift that childlike anticipation of all right what's inside let me see how this looks let's see how this goes but then also the harsh realization of Oh, I'm so lame and an adult. I was so pumped up to get collared shirts. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this looks great. I look really good in this. Like, just I'm so old and yet still young at heart at the same time. There you go. The two worlds collide right there. Yeah. 
Um, I will throw out one more Penn's pick here at the end of this uh, this season as well. And I'm telling you right now, Smitty and all of our listeners, Song of the Summer, get ready. It's coming. Always Get This Way by the Aces. Okay. I've, I had heard of the Aces in the past a couple of years ago when they first came out. It's like a, a band of, of sisters and, and like high school friends okay. that decided to pursue it long term past just playing in the garage as a, as a high school band. Had a couple okay songs in the past. You know, nothing that uh, dominated my playlist by any means. And then this year, Smitty, <laughs> they dropped the single. What's it called? Always Get This Way. Always get this Always way. get this way. It's the song of the summer. I'll listen to it on the it's, way it's, home. It's March 28th as of time of recording. It's the song of the summer. All right. I listened to it once, went, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Listen to it a second time. Yeah, they, they may have something here. <laughs> and now if it's not on my car stereo, if it's not on my workout playlist, it is playing in my brain all the time from the moment I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. So that's a <laughs> shout-out for the Aces song of the summer. Calling it now, folks. Always get this way. Sweet. It's it's happening. Keep a close eye on it. Also, if we're talking music, we got to make sure we give a shout out to L.S. Erickson. He has been the one who cooked up the theme song for this season of the Penguins podcast, our intro and outro music, an incredibly gifted musician and a friend of mine going back years and years. That is L.S. Erickson. You can check out his other stuff that he's not doing for me uh, on Spotify, on iTunes, all that stuff. Just search for L.S. Erickson. Can't thank him enough for his contribution to make this season of the Penguins podcast really come to life and really go from black and white to in full vibrant color and thanks again to you ty smith buddy appreciate you taking the time we thanks love it me. that was great good times good vibes and wilkesbury scranton going to be battling scratching and clawing here throughout the rest of the regular season we hope to see you at mohegan sun arena at casey plaza for some of these big final home games that the penguins have coming up but for the penguins podcast this is a wrap for us on the 2022-23 season ty smith a tremendous final guest for us to have and i want to thank everybody out there for listening not just to this episode but if you've been listening all season thank you so much you can go back and find the old episodes as i mentioned before on the penguin soundcloud page on apple podcasts on itunes just search for wbs penguins love it love all you guys muchas gracias for all of your patronage and listenership this season so for one last time this year i will bid you adieu The Woodsbury Scranton Penguins podcast is recorded live in front of no studio audience. And apologies to the cast of Wicked, we ran out of time. Sorry, bye.